0: Welcome back to the show for the announcement of a new show in the Free Trail Network done in collaboration with our good friends and partners at BOA Technologies, introducing the Science of Performance podcast hosted by Dan Feeney, a PhD physiologist and the director of the BOA Performance Fit Lab in Denver, Colorado. I first met Dan last year when we went to Denver to do some testing on the Speedland footwear evaluating my speed and efficiency on various terrains, both with and without the carbon plates. We then did a fun live podcast with Dave and Kevin from Speedland, where Dan also joined the panel to talk about the science of gear and how he evaluates performance variables at his lab at BOA headquarters. It was during this live podcast that I had an epiphany of sorts that Dan should have his own show. He's the rare scientific talent who has intimidating levels of intelligence but who can make things accessible and understandable even for dummies like me thus the science of performance podcast was born and here it is the following is an extended trailer of sorts for this seven episode mini series. This is going live today across all podcasting platforms and it will exist in its own feed. But what you're about to hear is a conversation between Dan and myself, where he explains the goals of the show and what you can expect over the coming weeks. When you're done listening to this short episode, please go to the show notes and click through and subscribe to the new show and its independent feed. Episode two is also up now. You don't wanna miss it. It's a conversation between Dan and Wouter Hoogkamp, who was the main author on the landmark article behind the Nike 4% shoe study, where they talk all about the science of super shoes, which have fundamentally transformed the world of running in the last several years. In fact, it was Wouter's study, I think that gave the 4% shoe its name. So needless to say, episode two, is a meeting of two very powerful minds in sports science, and it's the exact reason why I love podcasts. It's free, valuable education from some of the foremost leaders in their respective domains. The miracle of audio, the miracle of podcasting. We are glad to play a small role in bringing this show to life. Again, go subscribe to the Science of Performance podcast wherever you listen. As I said, this will be a seven episode mini series, but if you like it, we'll develop more seasons with Dan and the team at BOA in the future. Finally, for Free Troll Pro members, Dan is coming on Office Hours on Wednesday, October 4th, where we'll have an opportunity to pepper him with questions and learn even more about gear biomechanics performance science and other topics but without further rambling here is episode one of the science of performance podcast a short convo between myself and the show's host mr dan feeney
1: And welcome to the Science of Performance. This is a new podcast in the Free Trail Network, sponsored by Technology. My name is Dan Feeney, and I'm going to be your host. Just a little background on me before I can talk about all the interesting guests that we are going to have on this season. I did a PhD in neuromechanics from the University of Colorado Boulder, and I spent the last five years building a biomechanics laboratory at Technology. We work with most of the leading brands across the world, and we've tested a number of different pieces of footwear, everything from snowboarding boots, alpine ski boots, to trail running shoes. I want to take you into a lot of the learnings that I've learned over these last five years, exposing some of the nuances, some of the areas where the science is gray, and really challenging some of the assumptions that I think are out there. I'm really excited to have you on this journey, and please leave comments and thoughts as to what you liked and what you don't like. Hello, everybody. You are listening to a new podcast. It's called The Science of Performance, and I'm going to be your host. This is a podcast in the Free Trail Network, sponsored by Boa Technology. My name is Dan Feeney, and during this podcast, we're going to dissect the fundamentals of peak performance from the biomechanics of footwear, the physiology of training, and really focusing on challenging decades and sometimes even older assumptions about what we know works for athletes, coaches, and even industry veterans. I'm going to be interviewing scientists, athletes, and practitioners at the forefront of leveraging science to try to improve performance. But the tone I want to achieve here is, what What are the conversations we have on runs? How do we pick out gear for ourselves? And what are some actionable insights that you as a consumer could use? And I'm really excited to be here with Debo to talk about how we're going to use this podcast and roll it out to the audience.
0: Dan Feeney, thanks
1: for having me, buddy. This is great. Yeah, it's kind of fun to be on the other side of the microphone, Dylan. Um, so Dylan and I had a conversation last fall really briefly with the, spout, the founders of Speedland, Dave and Kevin, and we talked a little bit, just a very brief amount on the biomechanics that goes into the footwear that most people buy. And a lot of people don't understand exactly how much goes into it and also how much of an art and a science it really is. So what I wanted to do today was maybe ask Dylan some questions about what he thinks about biomechanics. And I'll finish the episode by talking about some of the future guests that we're going to be having on over the course of the next seven or eight weeks.
0: I hope I can do justice to your audience here, Dan. So feel free to to lob any biomechanics questions at me, and I'll probably turn those around and point them back at you eventually. But happy to be here and and excited that you're doing this podcast. Honestly, this is something that we've been working together to bring to life. And as soon as I met you and we did a little panel discussion, I identified you as being somebody who should have their own podcast. So here we are. Glad to bring it to life. Well, thanks
1: for pushing me to do it, Dylan. It's been fun. So, yeah, first question, Dylan, what do you think of when you hear the word biomechanics? Like, what do you think it is that I and our lab at BOA do all day?
0: What comes to mind when I hear the word biomechanics is studying human movement. Is that an accurate characterization? <laughs> yeah, you passed. That was a solid first first go at it. Yeah. So I would I would yeah just like to add a, a little bit more detail. I, I would think that biomechanics professionals like yourself look for ways in which they can improve people's movement and how people's inherent movements add to or take away from performance on a race course for example so you know how does equipment impact the speed at which you move at lactate threshold things like that It's probably something that someone like you is studying is that accurate <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. A lot of times we do use biomechanics really specifically now to say, hey, how does this different fit of footwear or a different foam or carbon plate affect how somebody moves? But it's got a really cool history. So way back in the 30s, that's one of the first times I really think about biomechanics coming up. And this guy, Nikolai Bernstein, realized that when skilled workers move, so I mean people hammering things, building homes, building shops, when they move, they move in what he referred to as infinitely many different ways to still achieve the goal, right? So you can think about when you're going on a run, the way that your legs move every time your foot hits the ground is gonna differ a little bit. And some of that differentiation's good, right? Like whether you're going over a rock field or you're avoiding something in the road, and some of it could be bad or could lead to injury. And so over the last about 100 years or so, biomechanics has revolutionized and gone from that theory to how do we measure it, what's important, what's not important, and then Maybe fortunately for me, since I'm pretty early in my career, there's still a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of things that I think people think is the case, but not actually the case. Um, What kind of testing have you been done and been a part of as part of your professional career?
0: I've done things like lactate threshold testing i did the vo2 max test way back in the day at the red bull lab actually when they were putting me through a battery of tests to ensure that i was worthy of becoming a red bull athlete i've done a few sort of nutrition related tests with you know nutritionists dietitians that have sort of focused on where i might be able to optimize there. I don't think I've done a lot in terms of biomechanics with the exception of what we did at the BOA Performance Fit Lab in Denver, Colorado, the amazing headquarters that you guys have in relationship to testing the Speedland footwear and my movement and my efficiency using the carbon plate and not using the carbon plate, both on flat ground, sort of like treadmill simulation, but then also when we were out on the trails. So that's kind of the extent to which I have experience with biomechanics testing, but I have to say it was a fascinating experience. Nice.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the, the central goal of what we use our lab for at BOA is we work with a lot of brands and we want to make sure that the product that get out, gets out to the consumer fits well, performs well. So we establish a number of protocols, whether it's in the lab or in the field. You, know, you ran on our one mile trail loop that has a bit of mixed terrain, uphill, downhill, where most of our trail shoes are actually tested. And we have certain measurements, whether it's looking at heel hold, whether it's looking at ankle stability, or even just efficiency that we know are good and bad. And so when we're working with somebody like Dave and Kevin, we can say, hey, here's two different versions of the shoe we want to test. Objectively, this one's performing better on the trail. Kind of getting into some of the things that we are going to talk about throughout this. You hit on nutrition. We're definitely going to have a really interesting conversation Combining both the biomechanics with Kate Harrison, who actually works in our lab at BOA, but also Keeley Henninger, who I'm sure most of the people listening to the show probably already know as a badass trail runner, but also doing a lot of nutrition research. And not surprisingly, there's a lot of overlap there. So that's pretty cool. Um, I think you talking about lactate threshold and VO2 max, it's something we use a lot as biomechanists. We also will be chatting with a guy, James Sprague. He did his PhD in exercise physiology he coaches a number of sky runners, as well as Giro d'Italia athletes, um, Tour de France riders, ski mountaineers. So he should have a lot of pretty interesting things that I think this audience will find fascinating. We're also going to be talking with Wutter Hochhammer. He was the lead author of the Nike 4% study. So I'd say for most people, when they think of biomechanics, that's probably what they think of. And so I'm pretty excited to have him on and, and talk about how we take those physiological variables, use footwear, and then measure the efficacy of them. We're going to be talking too with Dave and Kevin again, so I want to kind of dive nice and deep with them and understand how they've used biomechanics over their, I'd say, storied careers and what's gone well and what hasn't gone well. I think a lot of people think there's maybe a little bit more black and white to biomechanics than there actually is. We're going to talk with uh, Eric Honert and Emily Mativich. They're engineers that bring their engineering mechanics into biomechanics. And then lastly, we're gonna talk with Jesse Frank, who was also in the 4% paper. He's worked at specialized for a number of years, and he's done a ton of individual athlete optimization. So, those are the things I'm really excited about to bring over the next kind of seven, to eight weeks
0: fantastic, man. I can't wait to be a fly on the wall and to consume the content. So yeah, we're excited to have, uh, you know, your podcast and and bring this sort of scientific orientation and these fantastic guests to a wider audience within the the free trail network. And now I feel like I'll be the odd man out without sort of like a super uh, academic credential behind my name to be uh, the first guest here on your podcast. And I hope I don't leave your listeners frustrated or disappointed
1: that's all right. I think the uh, numerous podium finishes that you bring to the courses, that's all we really need. <laughs> um, you know, last kind of couple questions before we wrap up is some of the things that I think we're going to touch on throughout the, this podcast. But I think a lot of people probably think the answers might differ a bit. And so I just want to ask you, like your opinion. Do you think there's a right way to run?
0: Jeez, oh, Dan, it's probably an individual conversation with each person, right? If I think about the different athletes in the sport and the different uh, sort of gates and movement patterns that everybody has, like you don't necessarily see a correlation between who's got the prettiest stride and who's finishing on tops of podiums like maybe you do see in track where things are a little bit more controlled probably in the trail world there's so many different variables that go into the ultimate performance that the movement patterns you know i'm sure play a significant role in it but maybe to a lesser degree than shorter distance events or events that are on flatter ground but i don't know yeah I mean,
1: for sure, I think a lot of people see the direction of what we call causality as backwards. They see all the top runners seem to run this way. It must mean if I run that way, I'm going to be a top runner. But in reality, that's probably not the case. And one of the things that we'll talk about uh, coming up on an upcoming episode is novice runners versus experienced runners. The way that they run differs quite a bit. And for some people, they find their happy medium. Some people maybe need to do a little bit extra. But it's actually really hard to say what's good and what's bad in a runner, you know, maybe in a hundred meter dash or something. But as far as running up and down mountains, it's like that Nikolai Bernstein, uh, back in the thirties, there's a bunch of different ways you could do it. And if you're podiuming or you're having success or you're having a good time and enjoying your time on the trails, you're probably doing it right. Right. Um, and then lastly is, do you think running shoes can increase injury risk
0: or decrease injury risk? Probably. Absolutely. (laughs) I would think that uh, there's a significant, uh, yeah, relationship there between the footwear that people choose, how it interacts with their mechanics. Obviously, there's a lot of individual preference and variability between who enjoys what products and that's probably born from you know not only like shape of foot but also the patterns of movement and i would guess that then you know if there's a mismatch between product and and movement pattern that you could be putting yourself in position to potentially get injured yeah that's what most people think and but f- for better or for worse, there you said the word
1: significant, and that was a really uh, poignant word because we've never seen a significant relation between a specific yeah. type of footwear prescription and reducing injury. Now, yeah, you can probably injure someone in a shoe, you know, if you transition a minimal too quickly or maximal. Yeah. But actually, preventing injury, and I think it's to your point. We're going to dive a bit deeper as to why that's been the case. There's definitely a relation there. It's just a hard thing to uncover. So. Those are going to be a lot of the topics that we talk about over the rest of these. I'm just super happy to have you on and, and get some of these this feedback um, that hopefully we'll be able to answer these questions and more throughout the, the series.
0: Well, Dan, I can't wait to be a listener. It's going to be a fascinating series of conversations. And uh, yeah, like I said, we're, we're grateful to help bring this to life. And I feel like the sky is the limit for you as a podcast host. So good luck in uh, in this endeavor.
1: Thanks, Dylan. All right. Everyone tune in to the Science of Performance podcast. It's going to be coming out um, every other week for the next few weeks. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Science of Performance podcast. It's been a blast talking about these topics, and I hope you have some questions as well. I'm going to do a final episode after all seven episodes air, where I'm going to answer any outstanding listener questions. So please feel free to drop those in an email to research at boatechnology.com or if you're a free trail member, you can put this in the forum. Thank you.
0: Thanks to Dan. Hope you guys all enjoyed that extended trailer. Again, go listen to episode two over on the Science of Performance feed. Dan's guest again is Wouter Hoogkamp, the lead author of the landmark Nike 4% shoe study. It's an amazing conversation that I know you will enjoy. And while you're there, make sure you do subscribe. Big thanks to BOA for their support in bringing this show to life. We love working with them and their whole team stay tuned next week we're here in the free trail podcast feed we will share a live show that we've recorded at boa headquarters after a film screening back in the spring appreciate all of you for supporting free trail and the various shows that we've created and incubated over the years we love what we do and we love you too we'll talk to you soon bye-bye